This is B of C Live, the video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. On today's B of C Live, we connect with Nayambe McIntosh. She is the executive director of Peter Tosh Brand and Legacy. She is the daughter of reggae legend Peter Tosh. We wanted to connect with her about cannabis, about social justice, and about the work she's doing in Massachusetts and beyond. Nayambe, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Jay, for having me. Well, I like to sp- I like to speak to people in Boston, especially during baseball season. That gives me a great amount of joy. But but um, obviously, you're based in Boston. I'm based in Toronto. But I grew up uh, in Natick, so I feel like some camaraderie when we talk to people who are who are based in Massachusetts. So thank you for making time. Uh, and I say that because uh, I'm not creeping you on LinkedIn, but looking at your LinkedIn profile, you have a lot going on. <laughs> Right, you are the <laughs> you're the executive director of Peter Tosh Brand and Legacy. Uh, you are the founder of the Peter Tosh Foundation, and uh, a whole bunch of other things that are relevant to what we're talking about. Talk talk a little bit about sort of all the work you do, and did I just scratch the surface? Okay, sure. Um, well, as I've taken over, my father's Peter Tosh. You know, founding member of the Whalers, um, wrote the iconic song legalize it and and you know the the anthem for the legalization movement and um i am in charge of his his estate i'm I'm in charge of really carrying on his legacy i've been doing this for uh only 10 years it was run by a public administrator oddly enough and and now the family has finally really um you know taken the helm to really take control of that and so that in that capacity it's really just doing everything within our power to make sure that his name lives on in, in, in creative and artistic ways. Um, one is opening up a, a museum in Kingston, Jamaica. Um, but most importantly, uh, my father was a, a revolutionary and an activist. You know, he used his music as his weapon to uplift and educate people. And, and so we founded the Peter Tosh Foundation, uh, really um, with the goal to just continue on with that message that was in his music. And, and talk a little bit about sort of that as it intersects with cannabis and, and sort of your work, because um, you're right, that is, the, that is the anthem. It was an anthem for a, a Jewish kid growing up in Natick, but, but more importantly to, to sort of the movement overall, talk a little bit about sort of that intersection and how it sort of factors in to the work you do or even how you approach sort of what you do. Definitely. Um, and so we have five initiatives out of the, the foundation. Um, one is the museum. Um, we have a, can- a youth one where we you know, empower young people called Can't Blame the Youth. Uh, but we also have um, equal rights and justice and, and legalize it initiative. And, and that's really uh, uh, all about just making sure that those that have been impacted by um, cannabis prohibition really have the opportunity in, um, to really have a seat at the table. And we, we've partnered with minorities for med- medical marijuana in um, making sure that that happens. We, you know, we run expungement clinics. We have done boot camps um, for small businesses so that they can you know, know all the ins, of, ins and outs of really getting into the industry. Um, we also have some partnerships with some HBCUs and uh, really make it, um, you know, starting, you know, with the, some educational um, institutions to, to bridge the gap that's, that's here within the industry. It seems, um, 
sorry, sorry. Some of you just said really struck me because I, I think I was mentioning before we came on, we were just in New York City doing an event a few weeks ago. And, and, and a lot of these things were sort of right at the cusp of what everybody was talking about. And, and I think all the states that have legalized have, have tried to bring in social equity uh, into the fold. I think New York's is, is trying to learn, learn what others did well, but maybe more importantly, figure out what they didn't do well to try to sort of rectify that. And, and it seems to be on the floor of the conversation, uh, licensing, you know, 50% of licenses in New York. Like, um, how, how does that not sound, but like, is that encouraging that states are trying to learn from one another um, and continue to sort of address this historical inequity? Yeah, I think that um, it's nice that the language is, is starting to become part of, you know, um, the regulations. Um, it's being used, you know, state by state. The challenge really, I think at the end of the day is, um, is money, you know. Um, if we're not talking money, then we're not talking any sense. And so you can put everything in writing, but if you aren't giving these small businesses money um, to compete and to, to break into the industry, then I think that we're gonna continue to fall short. Yeah, and then that was sort, sort of the, one of the through lines that um, between language and intention and sort of actualizing it can be quite different. And, I, and, that, and therein lies, you know, really important voices, right? I mean, we were, uh, before he came on uh, to hear Johnson at um, uh, the U.S. Cannabis Council, we, we, he was one of our speakers, but it really is, how do you bridge the conversation with the implementation? And in some places it's done okay, in some places it just hasn't. You're based in Massachusetts. I mean, how have you seen sort of the history of this play itself out during legalization firsthand? Uh, it's, I think it's the same around the country, you know, um, I, I appreciated the time and effort that Massachusetts took into um, writing the regulations, they had a lot of town meetings and a lot of, um, you know, listening to the community. And there was some oversight, you know, even in here, even with all that intention. Um, you know, at the state level versus the city level and what cities were doing in order to, um, you know, ensure that equity was happening. And so it just, they, they were falling short. And so I think now, you know, they are, they're continuing to revisit, which I think is important. I think that's also what states have to do is, you know, once these regulations are written, um, it has to be something that they understand has to change as the different needs arises and as, as you know, time changes. Yeah, it's really a, a starting point, not an ending point. But exactly. I think, I think we've actually seen, I, I, I live in Canada, and what we saw and have seen is that the regulations get written and implemented, and then many elected officials and regulators are like, we are done. This is not an issue we want to talk about. We're really, it should be, this is what they are today, and we will revisit either an ongoing way or these specific milestones or, or touch points because we want we want to make sure the social equity component is working. We want to make sure the regulations make sense. We want to make sure there's safe cannabis, like all the things that are the guideposts of sort of why you would do this. And I, I, I'm hopeful sort of being part of that conversation in New York that that will happen. And I'm encouraged that Massachusetts has sort of sort of led or, or is thinking the same thing because I know it's important the way Connecticut is talking about it as well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so I, I want to talk sort of about the legacy, right? So um, you talked about legalize it, of course, and the whalers and, and your father. Talk a little bit about sort of how you see that also on a day-to-day -day basis, because um, it seems so ingrained in like a, a Canadian culture. I live in Toronto, huge Jamaican population, but but like how you see it, and it, in some ways does it feel good? In some ways it feels um, 
like it's being expropriated in some way. Talk, talk a little bit about sort of how you see that legacy. Um, I would agree with both of um, kind of the sentiments that that you shared. There is this um, pride that I um, that I have from you know knowing that my father you know wrote this song, legalize it in 1976, and in the lyrics he's saying you know it's it's good for you know glaucoma and, and all of these other ailments. Um, and now to see you know 40 years later that science and um, you know studies and colleges are are now deeming this these these things that he was saying actually true. And, um, and also, you know, my father had lyrics around just like the fact that although everyone is consuming cannabis, there's only the marginalized individuals that suffer from um, the regulations and the laws and um, the mass incarceration. And so to have those conversations now be a part of um, the, the, you know, what we're talking about on a day to day basis is, is definitely something that um, I recognize that my father was a was a man before his time, and you know his message is just even more relevant today than it has ever been, and so there is pride in that. And and but at the same time, there's work. You know, there's as it's important that we see the accomplishment and the progress, but also see the work that needs to be done. Um, there still are people that are imprisoned over over cannabis today. Um, we still have um, most of the industry being run by um, the perpetrators, you know, of 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 prohibition, and and so we have to. Um, there has to be a shift, and so it, it's an ongoing battle. It's ongoing work, and so that legacy um, is is necessary. We are launching. Um, uh, cannabis brand in my father's name, seen by Peter Tosh. It's seen as a as a Jamaican word um, that really just means like you know what I'm saying. It's like something that you would say after um, after kind of making a, a statement to make it more impactful. But it also um, has a, a double meaning. Seen by Peter Tosh is that this industry. Um, is something that my father had seen, you know, long before its time. It's 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 prophetic in in a way, and so um, we really wanted to to make sure that the brand is symbolic of what the industry should look like. You, we are taking ten percent of our our proceeds and and giving them to the the found back to the foundation, so that we can continue to to be an exemplar of what work needs to be done um, within the industry as well as uh, introducing people to the concept of um, the spiritual values of, of cannabis. It's, there's so many regulations, really to the point where, it, where cannabis is, is being over-regulated, you know, and I think that um, we'd have to look to the other direction because how cannabis affects me and how it affects you or the next person is going to be different. So to try to, to regulate that um, is just, unjust, as my father said, is that cannabis is a part of our culture. And, you know, the same way that, um, you know, people have other spiritual practices that has the people have to have that freedom and that right to really partake in 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 the sacrament, however they however they choose. Yeah, I really I'm enjoying talking to you. And I want to I want to be sure that I get you on record saying that you'll come back and talk, talk more about sort of the brand and all the work you're doing, because I think it's really valuable um, part of the conversation uh, and, and love the passion, love the, the sort of 
legacy and history as well. Um, so I appreciate the time. I want to let you get back to all the things that I see on the LinkedIn profile as well. And hope that we can definitely get that down the road. <laughs> uh, if not by this, maybe even in Massachusetts at some point. But I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay, for having me. You got it. That's Nayambe McIntosh of the Peter Tosh brand and legacy. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of ongoing partnerships with Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Ken Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque and Main. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. 